cycling. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Tour de France and stage 15. It's the 21st of July, and we're in Limoux for the start of what promises to be an incredible Sunday of racing. Today's stage profile is brutal. The climbs are monstrous, narrow, uh, gravelly, and incredibly steep in places. If we thought yesterday was a difficult stage on the Tourmalet, the riders ain't seen nothing yet. I'm Ashley House and I'm at uh, the Tour de France with Eurosport where you can watch every single stage in full on your television and every single morning you can get all the newspaper headlines from me as well. That's what I'm going to bring you this morning and we'll start with the front page of Aujourd'hui en France which changes the name of this cycling race from Le Tour de France to Le Tour des Français, the Tour of the French. Talking about Pinot winning at the Tourmalet and Alaphilippe still in the Mayo Jeune. And in fact, Alaphilippe has just started to believe or to talk about the fact that he may now be dreaming about winning this Tour de France. Up until yesterday evening, he was saying it was impossible, it was just going day by day, etc., etc. But now he's begun to dream that maybe it would be possible. In L'Equipe, the, in the biggest French sports daily newspaper, they also changed the name of this race from Tour de France to Jour de France. In other words, from the Tour de France to the Day of France, because yesterday was another day at this tour, which was all about the French riders. No, they say, Julien Philippe did not lose his maillot jaune. In fact, more than that, he must pushed Geraint Thomas even further back, um, left behind on the Tourmalet, as Thibaut Pinot, offensive and still ambitious. La Depeche de, de Midi, uh, Sunday's edition today, says double français au tourmalet, a French double on the tourmalet. And the newspapers are full, of course, of the French successes on this Tour de France. It's the first time since I've been working on the tour where this has happened. So much French success, so early and so continuous in the race. The French president was at the Tourmalet yesterday for the finish of yesterday's stage. Um, Emmanuel Macron, he's pictured with Thibaut Pinot and with Julien Alaphilippe in Dépêche du Midi. And it says uh, Pinot and Alaphilippe, la France en marche. Uh, the French are on the march. And that's also a little bit of a play on words because en marche is the name of Macron's political party. Continuing to look back at yesterday's stage, and Aujourd'hui en France says about the 14th stage, uh, champion jour de glory, champions, a day of glory. And then they, they then go through um, analyzing Thibaut Pinot and Alaphilippe's heroics yesterday and specifying what they think were the key moments a little bit more, the key um, points, if you like, about Pinot and Alaphilippe, but specifically uh, about Alaphilippe. And they say Pino was magnificent, Alaphilippe heroic. They also talk about whether anybody suspected this progression of Julien Alaphilippe. I think a lot of people did not expect him to be quite so uh, up there in the GC battle. But on the, at the same time, we also know that Julien Alaphilippe had reconned every single stage, pretty much, of this Tour de France. He'd been up the Tourmalet, he'd reconned that time trial course, so he must have been thinking a little bit about fighting in the GC. He also did a lot of altitude training as well, which is going to be very useful as we approach the final week. More than that, they say his team, can they help him um, in this quest for the Holy Grail? Well, he doesn't have the team, of course. He only really has Enrique Mass. And even if uh, they had brought all the climbers they could possibly have, Bob Jungels, I suppose, could have helped them out. But then would Juliano Philippe have been the leader at this point in the race if he'd been here? What about La Victoire, the victory? Can he, from now, dream, believe it, not dream it, believe it? 
they say officially Alaphilippe does not look um, more than, than the next stage but the truth is that now he has started to dream and maybe even has started to believe. As for Thibaut Pinot, they say uh, he's announced his, uh, his, he was announced himself with the triumph yesterday that he's the strongest rider on the race, that he's the best climber on the tour and that he has uh, one of the most passionate team managers as well, Mark Madiot, as I'm sure you've all seen that crazy video from Madiot at the finish line yesterday. Is he really the best climber on the tour? We'll find out over the next few days, there's no doubt about that. We do have a rest day tomorrow, of course, but a huge, huge stage, the last stage in the Pyrenees before that. Back to Aujourd'hui en France, and they say that it's the duo, Pinot Alaphilippe, that has already uh, marked out this tour in many ways. And as they look back yesterday, they say, um, French cycling fireworks, le, le feu artifice du cyclisme tricolore. Uh, yesterday made some real problems for the other riders and especially Ineos, Thomas, Bernal showed that they were weak, Quintana left behind and Balde exploded. And in l'équipe they have Thibaut Pinot crossing the finish line on the inside pages with the headline his head in the clouds and that's not only because uh, he was right up there and dreaming but also because the weather yesterday on top of the tourmalet was basically almost in you could hardly see anything his head was very literally in the clouds and he was so angry they say about the borders the echelons in Albi that he promised he'd come back and revenge and that's exactly what happened yesterday on his rendezvous at the Tourmalet. Equipe then have a, a really good analysis of where each of the GC contenders was dropped and they have the headline here Une course à élimination. It's a race of elimination and it's very often the GC battle a race of elimination on the Tour de France of course but it seems this year that it might be even more true than normal. So at the very start of the final climb Roman Bardet was absolutely left behind and he lost 20 minutes and 19 seconds yesterday. 15k from the summit Adam Yates was left behind. 6.42 he lost yesterday. 12 and a half kilometers from the top. Dan Martin uh, was left behind. Five and a half minutes he lost. Then Nairo Quintana with 10 and a half kilometers left. Uh, then Richie Port, Enric Mass with five and a half kilometers remaining. Then Jakob Fuglsang and Rigoberto Uran just under 2k remaining. Geraint Thomas, the reigning champion, was left behind with a K to go. And Mikael Lander managed to hang on until 250 meters from the finish line. But even he was uh, left behind in the wake of Juliani Philippe and the yesterday's winner, Thibaut Pinot. Alaphilippe, they say, uh, yesterday in uh, an interview for the very first time, he said, yep, it's one day closer to Paris. We're beginning to think that he might be thinking that this is possible. Two minutes he has over Geraint Thomas, and yesterday he recognized or admitted for the very first time that he's thinking about a final victory on the Champs-Élysées. Every day in L'Equipe, they have a question of the day, la question du jour, and today is this. Is it the end of the Ineos empire? Obviously thinking back to the time of Team Sky as well. I think it's very early to say that. Geraint Thomas is still ahead of the favourites for the GC before the race. Of course, Alaphilippe is ahead of him, but there's only a couple of minutes in it. Alaphilippe could explode at any point. And not only that, but Egan Bernal is still around there as well. It is too early in this race to say that it's the end of the uh, empire of Ineos. But having said that, the teams yesterday, in terms of their strength, Movistar were very strong. Uh, FDG were very strong with Gaudu, especially at the end uh, with Pino. And of course, the only team that had more than one rider left in that final group was Lotto Jumba, sorry, not Lotto, Jumba Visma uh, with Lance de Plus, George Bennett, and Stephen Kreuzweig. 
and it's that team that I'm sure you know have been really trying to follow uh, the Ineos and the Sky model and trying to find out how to knock them off their perch. Well, could they do it this year? Who knows? I have my own question of the day, though, and that is this. Can you imagine if a rider from Team Ineos, and believe me, I'm not trying to raise uh, any kind of controversy here. I'm not suggesting anything, and I don't want to enter into that just as John and Scott have discussed before. But can you imagine what the French journalists and French public would say if it was an Ineos rider who had won his first race on January the 28th this year, had taken 13 victories during the season, then went on uh, to take the yellow jersey at the Tour de France, two-state victories, including a, a time trial against some of the best time trialists in the world, and then finished second and looked like he might even have been able to win on the Tourmalet. Can you imagine what the cycling newspapers across the continent, across the world, would say if that was an Ineos rider? Now, I'm not saying anything about Julian Alaphilippe. I have no idea. None of us ever do. All I'm saying is that yesterday, when on the big screen at the top of the Tourmalet, Geraint Thomas was dropped, the cheer was, that came from the crowd on the mountain was almost as big as when Pino actually won the stage. It's an unfortunate situation. It is a slightly biased situation. Of course it is, because they're French and they're going to support their own riders. However, I think at some point, if Alaphilippe continues to perform like this, questions will have to be asked and hopefully he'll answer them very easily. As we look forward to today, Depeche du Midi say that Alaphilippe is actually only 20 kilometres uh, from his home. That's when we're at the final uh, climb of Khatdalbi, which is the first time it's ever been in this Tour de France. It's incredibly difficult as well, by the way. Uh, four metres wide, it's very, very narrow. The fans will be encroaching on the riders as well. It's going to be a difficult day for the riders today, a very difficult day, because before the Category 1 Dalby from Foire, we've got, first of all, the Porte de Léa, which is 11.5 kilometres at 7%. Then the Mur de Peguer, uh, which is 9.3 k at 7.9%. But there's a couple of kilometres in there that are 14%, 11%, That is very, very, very hard. That's the penultimate climb, and it's also a climb where there are some bonus seconds uh, for the first over the top as well. So expect to fight there. The three major climbs come in the last 64 kilometers. That means that probably a breakaway might believe that today that they have the possibility of staying away. We will see, we have no idea, but I think the chances of the GC standings at the end of today being the same as they are at the start of today are very, very slim. It is a brutal, brutal day in the saddle as L'Equipe tells us we're having our last little piece of the Pyrenees. 4,700 meters of climbing, three big climbs um, in the last 75 kilometers. It is going to be absolutely amazing. It is the National Day of Belgium and nobody has won on the Tour de France since the National Day, on the National Day of Belgium since 1985 and Rudy Matis who won on the Champs-Élysées. That's about it from the newspapers here in France. Limoux to Foix-Pratalbi. It's going to be a fascinating day. As always, you can catch the whole stage on your television and John and Scott will be back later on this evening to review everything that's happened. I, on the other hand, will not be back tomorrow because we have a rest day and it's well needed by both us in the media and also the riders. But I'll see you or speak to you on Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining me this morning. Enjoy the stage. Bye-bye.